hold on to your hats for this one, folks. Make sure there are no males within a 30 With mile scissors. radius. Or that. <laughs> <laughs> or a scalpel. scalpel. We're talking about Needle and thread. We're talking about episiotomies, pelvic exams, and what was the third one? Uh, husband husband stitches. stitches. It's a fiery conversation. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Yep. And it's important. So listen up. Listen up. Also, we check in on Marcy and I's inner and outer children. Mm-hmm. And my four year old, which is just. We talk about toddler probs. He's technically yeah. still a toddler, dude. Four? A toddler? Yeah. Really? Yeah. They're not like preteen or something. <laughs> really? He's not an adolescent yet. Oh, guys. I, I don't want to say enjoy because this isn't no. particularly like enjoyable, but it will fill you with a white hot rage. Yeah. So, which is where we which, like to be sometimes. Yeah. We need that for change. So enjoy. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> MLB. Bye. Join motherhood wellness expert Allison from The Honest Peach and pelvic floor and women's health expert Dr. Marcy at the Down There Doc as they do a deep dive into all things hashtag mom. They add professional expertise, humor, truth, their own experiences, and host expert guests to discuss what the hell is happening during motherhood and how to prioritize your health as a mama. You'll find zero tips on potty training, but we'll learn all the tips on putting yourself and your health and well-being first among pee field sheets and rage cleaning. It's all about motherhood, vaginas, and everything in between. Hashtag no, no mama, mama left behind. What you eating, Marcy? Leftovers. <laughs> Are you still eating Thanksgiving leftovers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, we had it late because Brent was gone. So. Oh, okay. We- so we did it on Sunday. You did, you did like a second Thanksgiving. Yeah. You're nice. Like bouncy. Dude, I'm on my ball, girl. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on over there? Um, Do you want to know what I'm noticing, actually? So I've been diagnosed with ADD like here and there, like whatever, okay. you know, probably mm-hmm. true, whatever. Sure. Um, And it's really hard for me to sit and like get a task done. Okay. Especially if it, I like don't want to do it, like right. if it's annoying or something. Yeah. But I found that sitting on this ball so I can move like while I'm doing it has been really helpful. Hmm. So if anyone out there struggles with ADD or ADHD. It's kind of like a fidget spinner, right? Yeah. Get get yourself a ball, honey. <laughs> I saw this really cool. Um, <clears throat> this really interesting post somewhere on the interwebs about a teacher who um, lets her kids have like fidget spinners and shit in class. And her policy is that if it's not like disrupting the class or whatever, that they can do it. Yeah. And so she had a girl come out at one of her um, students, like start knitting during a class discussion about a book or something. Mm-hmm. And she was like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, should we, even? and she's like, just let's see what happens. Like if it's disruptive or whatever. 
And she just like was knitting through this whole discussion and was contributing to the discussion. And then a couple of days later, the student left like this scarf or whatever she knitted for the teacher with a note that said like, I have social anxiety and ADHD and I'm always really mm-hmm. nervous about speaking out, but knitting is calming for me. So like I felt more comfortable contributing to the discussion. Thank you for letting me do that. Like, here's the scarf. Mm. Was that sweet? What a great teacher. I know. Good job. Teach Good job. Teach. Way yep, to go. Yep. Okay. I need to talk about something. Oh, okay. Please. Once again, do you think you could point the the vagina just like another direction? Just like, nope, we're gonna leave it. Okay, yeah. carry on, carry on. I feel I feel strongly that it needs to be there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not one inch of you planned to move that. You just looked no, at me. Like, I just was like, I'm not even listening to that. Not fucking doing it. <laughs> doing it. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> Thanks for your feedback. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Okay. What um, do you have to say? Okay, dude. Will right now. Oh yeah. My four year old. I yeah. I yeah. Okay. So so update the masses because I know from your IG story. But what is what is Dear, dear old William doing, let me put my, my therapist glasses on (laughs) so I can help. I think the question is, what is he not doing? Oh, okay. Will is an interesting personality. My dad referred to him lovingly this week while they were here for the holidays as I don't know if I can say this. It's hard for me to say like words with a U in them. Just, just give it your best shot, babe. Okay, okay. Um, or you can shoot it in the chat. Okay, and I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. Okay. Hold on, I'm doing that. <laughs> also, this is a podcast about phonics. Mercurial. Mercurial. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mercurial. Okay. Yes. Mercurial. Yeah. yeah. So like so that, up and down. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Will does not have a lukewarm setting. No, there is cold as ice or scalding hot. Yeah. And his unique skill at the lovely age of four is that he's able to flip between those two at a moment's notice. Yeah. Yeah. Lightning <laughs> speed. Yeah. With no prior warning. So it's always like, <laughs> Who it's like Jekyll and Hyde, you know, who is going to wake up today and Uh who like what's going to happen. And so he's gone to bed the last like two nights in a row, cried himself to sleep without dinner because like he just loses his he's just like losing his mind over everything. And we're like, okay, you know, we love you. We're here from you. You cannot scream at the table and throw your food and upend oh, your plate boy. and like crumple the bread and rip paper up. Like you can't act like that. You can be upset and you can go in your room and we love you yeah. and we're here for you, but yeah. you can't disrupt the family while we're trying to eat. Like those are your choices. You can choose what you want to do. So he'll go in his room and scream, 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 bloody Marty, cry, 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 cry. He's already in jammies and stuff and then falls asleep. Wow. I know. And it's happened like, two nights in a row 
that he's done that. I mean, he does it every fucking day, but I mean, to the point where he's yeah, like yeah, not yeah. eating, you know what I mean? Like he just yeah. goes to sleep and Will's never been like a big eater. Hence yeah. My postpartum situation, but like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he just never, he just eats when he wants and what he wants and he doesn't fucking care. But like, yeah, the screaming and the being upset and that everything is no and no, it's not. And I don't want this and I'm hungry. Okay. What, what would you like? You pick. Okay. I'm picking apple. I hate apples. You pick. Okay. Goldfish. No goldfish. Like it sounds ridiculous saying it out loud, but like it's fucking constant and it's with, Oh my God. It's and with I can everything. Imagine how that drives you fucking batty, dude. It's with it's with everything. And like laying <clears throat> on the floor and whining and screaming. And like poor Jonathan is just like, what the fuck is happening? Like yeah. it's just oh my God. I don't know what to do. So like what the fuck? Is this just four? I mean, I don't remember Jonathan being like this at four. Also two totally separate people but yeah. like yeah brother, i mean jesus lord have mercy like did you run through the checklist like has anything changed yeah has he yes. like you know yes. and nothing everything is just same copacetic it's yeah. all good all good like yes i mean obviously it's worse at night but mm-hmm. he does it during the middle of the day fucking too so it's like i know it's not when he's just only exhausted yeah um you looked into the big little feelings courses or anything like of that nature (laughs) yeah yeah Uh uh-oh what are your thoughts no i mean i just like i can't fucking deal with something else i mean like you know i just and he like he wakes up in the morning like perfectly fine yeah mommy i love you so much and then sometimes he'll just walk out of his room after he's calmed down and he'll be like Mommy, I love you. I'm so sorry. I'm going to listen to you all the time now. Oh, like he's buddy. like, yeah, he's just can't, he can't regulate. Right no, now. he cannot regulate. It's just like, but then he, he like, hasn't taken a nap week. in a while. Right? No, he gave up naps at the start of the pandemic. Do you have quiet time or do they have quiet time at his preschool? Mm-hmm. Wherever he goes. Yeah. And he will fall asleep sometimes in the car, like after you know, if I have to run errands after pickup or whatever, he'll fall asleep. Yeah. And I'm just like, thank God. Cause like, even if it's just a 30 minute cat nap, I feel like that helps. But then he wakes up like screaming. Yeah. He oh left me. I mean, it's just like, and my mom, when she was here, she was like, I feel like four is worse than two. And I was like, no shit. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. It's almost know, like dude. the older they get and the more they understand the tantrums like it a different kind of twisted dude you know like yeah when they're 18 months old you're like dude you're still a baby like Mm -hmm. you don't know what the fuck is happening Mm -hmm. but i'm noticing that in ellie too you know and it's like you can't expect too much from them either you know right like come on bud you're four and then you're like oh wait he's only four four. right (laughs) his brain is only four years old like i but um don't you know don't be hesitant to take him to someone to get some strategies because there's nothing wrong with him. No, but obviously, you know, some kids are easier to parent than others only because of their like personality traits, you know, like they're more people pleasing or totally, you know, whatever. So, you know, and this is going to serve him well later in life, but I know. And that's the thing. And it's like, 
fucking, fucking crazy. I know. And I keep thinking, I'm like, don't ever lose this like willfulness and this like, you know, I'm like, yeah. this is who you are. It's just like, yeah. how do we make it? So you're not like throwing shit yeah. around. And also like, I'm feeling super triggered by it because it yeah. reminds me of my sister. And like, I witnessed that older, you know, my, and I asked my mom about it this weekend and she was like, Stacy didn't do that shit when she was four. Like she yeah. did that later. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like, Oh no. But that's like what I remember, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, I remember Stacy doing that stuff. And so then it, are you panicking? Like, Oh my God, genetically, I wonder if mm-hmm. they're hundred okay. percent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, is, is genetically? Yes. Like, is there something going on? And secondly, like I know what's coming because I witnessed her rage and anger and destruction and how she treated my family. And I am like, so do you feel like when he gets that way, you sort of react like you reacted when you were a kid with your sister, like you sort of get into that zone where you're just kind of like wide eyed and like, I don't know what the fuck to do right now. Um, 50%. I mean, yeah. most of the time, like I just try to talk him through it because yeah. And like, and just hug him through it and say like, I love you and I'm here and we can't be destructive and it's okay to feel angry and <clears throat> you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But like, you know, let, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know, but yeah. I mean, I'm trying not to invalidate it. But at the same time, like have boundaries, like you can't fucking throw your food across the yeah, no. floor because you don't like this morning with the cinnamon. I'll, we'll be done after I say this. That's okay. Th- this morning, um, we had cinnamon raisin English muffins, you know, delicious. And he wanted it with butter. So put butter on it, but then the butter melted. So he couldn't see the butter. So then he was like pissed off that there was no butter. And I was like, there's fucking butter on it. And he's like, it's gone. And I'm like, no, it's not. And he's like more butter. I'm like, we're no, like that's enough. Yeah. I can't hold it. I can't hold it. Do you want me to put in a sandwich? I hate sandwiches. Do you want me to fold it up? No. And then he like flipped the plate over and like the food goes everywhere. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess you're not fucking eating it. Yeah. I'm not going to make you more because like, you're like, I'm just catering to it, you know, and yeah. then he like, picked it up and ate it. And he did this shit the other day. Can I have a waffle in the car? Yes. Yeah. So I give him a waffle car. He's like, I don't want this waffle throws it on the ground in the car. I'm like, okay, well be hungry. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to just fucking cater to that bullshit. You know what I mean? And then Rosie yeah, ate it and he was like, can't. Rosie ate my waffle. And I was like, maybe you shouldn't have fucking thrown it on the floor. Yeah. Like, what do you want me to fucking do? Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I know it seems like one more thing on your to-do list, but better to do the work and suffer the consequences now versus not intervening now. And then it just spiraling, you know, I feel like we are intervening. Like, why do you like, what do you mean? Not intervening, like not getting some specific strategies for kids that are, yeah you know, particularly willful or explosive or it's tough for them to regulate their emotions instead of just trying to figure it out on my own with all the experience that I have in child development. (laughs) I got it. And it's it's just you, right? Because Brent works so much. Yeah. How does Brent handle it? Um, like you guys are on the same page as far as. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's like much more like no tolerance, you know, he's like, yeah, you don't throw and like he puts him in his room and lets him cry. And then Will comes out on his own and apologizes. He's like, see, works. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. I'm more like, I'll hold you through the screaming, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're, we're on the same page. But Brent's like, he sees it in the morning because he's there in the morning. Yeah. And then he comes, you know, home for dinner and he sees it at dinner. But like I get yeah. morning before school, after school. Yeah. Up until dinner, bedtime, bath. And then Will's out of school next week for fucking oh, until the no. middle of January. So now I have it. Yeah. And Why don't you try working? instituting a quiet time? Yeah. I mean, yes. At home. Yes. Yes. And I I'll have like us- the feelings corner and I have like, you know, yeah. Shit. Keep us posted. Moms, if you have had any experience Dude. with that, send us your tips. Help to no mama left behind the podcast at gmail.com. I'm replying to my stories on Instagram because I'm posting it. Constantly. Dude. Yeah. I mean, mom team assemble. I'm going to activate the butt, the bat line. Anyway, that's what's <laughs> happening with me and my children. How are you? What the fuck is going on over there? Um, I'm good. I let's see. My in-laws have been here for a couple weeks um, because of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Sean got promoted um, to major. <gasps> yeah, that's right. Can we yeah. please talk about my joke oh my that God. failed miserably? So Marcy texted me ground control to major Sean. And I thought she was just like being, you know, like, get it. Like he's in the air force, like ground control, Rachel Sean, you know? And I was like, <laughs> yep, that's funny. And yeah. Then, didn't even respond. Did not no. even like a, a thumbs no. up or a ha or an LOL. I got nothing. <laughs> um, And then apparently it's a song lyric and it was another one of those moments where Marcy gets mad at me because I don't know what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, well, it's really because it makes me feel old. No, that's I know. why. Yeah. 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 She's triggered ground control to major <laughs> Tom, David Bowie. I don't know, guys. If you're, you know, ground if you, if you know, <laughs> major Tom. that was beautiful. Thank you. Wow. Countdowns. <laughs> also, I've had a cold for two weeks. Oh, um, other than that, I mean, I'm just like trucking along. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. you know, Ellie's been here with Nana, obviously, during the day, which is nice because we save money on childcare, but it's just so hard to work while she's here. Like, I can't go down and get a glass of water without like, oh, no, mommy, no, 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 mommy, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm done working. I'm done working. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, you have to text mommy, your mother-in-law. Yeah. No. And, and like, be like, put in I'm coming down for lunch. <laughs> Please take Ellie outside and blindfold her and put on her headphones. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. It's been fucking 35 degrees during the day. Like winter oh. has hit Ohio and I'm getting Yuck. I'm getting worried. Um, but yeah, can you put a heat. Sorry. No, no, no. God, Marcy. OK, I what? Know. Can you put a heater in your Zenden out there? Heater in your Zenden. Oh, no. Outside? No. The screen, like, if they're just, like, little mosquito nets, it wouldn't oh, 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 oh. actually not hold like any heat. Tent. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. If it was, I would for sure be out there. But mm-hmm. I do have a heater inside this room, this Zenden, because my house is old. Yeah. It's cold. This old and cold. M- old and cold. My favorite types of houses. <laughs> old and cold. My office is really cold, too. It, like, doesn't get... Yeah. Yeah, so I have a little space heater too underneath Aww. under my desk. 
We're so cute. We're so cute. Uh, it's okay. time. It's for time. Inner and oh. outer child. Okay. We How's need to your... record a little jingle for it. Our segment called Inner and Outer Child. If you're if you guys aren't privy to this, we are talking about Marcy's inner child as she ventures into therapy for the first time, right? I mean, I've dabbled. Okay. But this is the first time that you've actually like. Yeah. Your nails look good. Yes. <gasps> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's like mauve. They're finally um healed from hand oh, foot from mouth. Yeah. I'm gonna do bright red next time I go because I have to go to a Christmas party next week. And I'm going to wear a black dress. So I'm going to do a red lip. And I'm going to do bright red. How do you feel about that? I Good? love that for you. A very Scarlett yes. Johansson. Um, tangent. Uh, yes. Inner and outer child. Sorry. Do you want to go first, inner child, Marcy? Uh, yeah. Okay. So what's sure. going on with the therapy, with the things? Um, I have therapy tomorrow. Okay. Um, I go once a week. Yep. So for a month. And I'm thinking I might want to switch up to okay. another therapist. How are you feeling about that? Um, I feel okay about it, except I have to like rate her before Ew. I can switch and she sees it. But there is an option that I can click that says like, um, just want to try something new. Like I can still give like four stars or whatever and then try something new. So let's talk about why you do want to switch. Yeah. I, I think it's been fine. I, I feel a little lost in terms of like the plan and like what we're working on. And what I told you was that like, she, she talks a lot about herself. Yeah. And not in like a, like relatable, Way I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know how to describe it, but I'm like I don't. I'm like I. I don't want to. And you it. find yourself being like, "Oh wow, that's crazy," and like mm-hmm. validating yeah. like her mm-hmm. life. Yeah, yeah. So when you told me that, I said switch. Um, yeah. Because <clears throat> the plan thing, you know, and like you don't really know where you're going in therapy and all that stuff, that can be discussed, right? Right, right, right. Sure. And yeah. I always tell. My clients, I'm like, listen, this is a, you know, this is a process for both of us. We're in this together. So tell me if something isn't working, whatever. Um, but things like that, things like her personality, yeah. things like that really bother you that are like really strange. Like maybe she talks weird or like she smells like, you know, I mean, obviously you're not in person, but anything like that, that really isn't changeable and is like, like you can't just like you talk about your family a lot. Or you're like mom right, right. a lot, like because right. then that it would just be weird. Yeah. Um. Agreed. So, I think you should change. Okay. Um. It's up to you on whether you want to provide feedback, because I think some therapists, like I would appreciate that. You would, right? Be- I yeah, would. I would too, a hundred percent. Like I don't take anything personally, you know. Yeah, I would. In that standpoint. And who knows what's going on? Like maybe she's not normally like that, but maybe Mm. she's stressed and she needs to do her own shit. And so then she could be like, oh, this is getting into my work. Interesting. I need to check myself, you know, whatever. But yeah, if you're just not into it, then you can just say we're not a good fit. Because that's also not a lie. Right. Right. 
So are you like annoyed that you might have to like start over again? And like, <sighs> I mean, not too annoyed because it's only been like four sessions or yeah. this will be four. So I, you know, I don't really feel like, yeah, you know, like I'm in, like in the middle of something, but you know, I am invested in this and I yeah. have paid a lot of money. So I'm, I like want it to work and be good. And she has, you know, brought up some things that I didn't realize and haven't really thought mm -hmm. about, but it's like, now what, you know, yeah. like now what? So yeah. yeah. TBD. Well, it, are you going to tell her in the session that you're going to switch? Okay. You don't have to. Okay. You don't have to. No. Um, let us and know how it goes. Don't give up the good fight. I won't. I won't. I'm sticking with it. Good. How's your vagina, uterus, and asshole? So, um, my asshole is good. I had to reschedule my colonoscopy, which we talked about. Yeah. Um, or did we talk about? Anyway, I was sick. End of story. So I couldn't get it. They wanted me to wait two weeks just in case it was COVID, even though I knew it was a cold. Um, so that's in a couple weeks. Um, okay. And uh, I'm supposed to get my period tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, I've been having some weird symptoms. Um, Do you think you're pregnant? I don't know. Did you take a pregnancy test? I took one on Sunday and it was negative. Okay. But it was still real early. And like, if five days, I got, if I got pregnant, it was at like the tail end of my ovulation. So it would only have been like mm. seven days after, you know, ovulation conception or yeah. whatever. Right, right, right. Okay. So, so you're supposed to get your period tomorrow, which is Friday. Yeah. Take it today. Take one today. I'm just going to wait. Okay. I'm just going to wait. And you know, what are but your weird symptoms? It's so annoying because it's like, am I just imagining? I know. <laughs> I know. Or like, I know. is it? Uh, I know. Okay. So I've been, I genuinely had two colds back to back, which when you first get pregnant, your immunity goes down. So that's common to get like colds. <laughs> um, I have get, been getting these weird dizzy spells where I'm kind of like, and I have to like center myself, um, which is also a symptom. Uh, yeah. I don't um, like that. The dizziness stuff can be something else too. That I don't like that for you. Is that around the cold stuff too? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. It's just happened a couple times where it's okay. been like very vertigo-y. Um, right. And... Uh, I I told you this. Um, I feel like I'm a little chubbier than a little bloated, a little bloated, but mm -hmm. that could also be all of the other things. So okay. it's it's one of those things where it's like I could trick myself into thinking like right. I am pregnant. This I is know. it. Yeah. Um, but it could also be a host of other things. So I remember one time when I was trying to get pregnant before IVF. And I was like tracking and timing and taking tests and all the things. And I got my period and I was like in such denial that it was my period. I was like, oh, this is implantation bleeding. <laughs> yes, dude. And the yes. doctor was like, uh, but when are you due for your period? I was like, uh, today, today. <laughs> he was like, it's today. probably your period. <laughs> I was like, no, it's not my period. Mm -mm. I'm like, mm -mm. I'm going to take five pregnancy tests today. Just to I know why? I don't know. Oh my God. And it's oh. Sean's like, dude, 
just wait until your period. And I'm like, you don't know what it's like to maybe have a person inside of you. Right. Like, I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> the second that I can know. So, but we haven't really like tried, tried. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. The goalie yeah. has just been out. And like, if it happens, it happens. But you uh, did have sex around the time that you possibly could have been ovulated. Okay. So I'm, we'll see. I'm surprised you haven't taken a test. I would have already taken like two this morning. <laughs> Should we pause and I'll go take one right now? <laughs> I mean. Should we? That's up to you. We can always edit it out. No, that's fine. Honestly, the only thing I'm annoyed of is like wasting money, dude. Like these I know, pregnancy tests are expensive. I know. Do it tomorrow. Okay. Your face. (laughs) 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 Do you keep them? Did you keep the ones from Ellie? So I did until maybe a year ago. And then I was like, why the fuck do I have this? I like, still have mine. Throwing this away. You Well, I, that makes uh, sense though, too. I have them in a, I have like 20 in a Ziploc bag. Oh, you have all of them. Okay. All the positive ones, not the negative ones. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You took 20? Oh well, yeah. I mean, I took it every day from, because yeah. like for IVF. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I just wanted to see, I wanted to see the line keep getting darker and darker and darker. So I just took, I took one like every day. Would it be weird to make some sort of like art installation? No, people do that with their needles from IVF. Oh my God. We should do that. They're so gross though. Not the needles. Uh My old, my seven-year-old pregnancy. (laughs) Are they they like brown? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll show you. They're in a Ziploc baggie in my underwear drawer. (laughs) (laughs) okay what can i be honest yeah i kind of feel like a dick talking about like maybe getting pregnant like so soon how are you feeling about it oh like in general or to me no no because of you like because oh don't i'm fine don't okay yeah i'm here be honest though if it's like no 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 you're totally fine okay i'm here for you don't worry about it Okay, I can't wait until I'm pregnant just so that you can like, I don't even know. I just feel like once I'm pregnant, I'm just going to show up at your door and be like, take care of me. I can't wait. Show I want to come the for way. the birth. Um, oh, yeah. I want to come for, I want to hold it. I want to be holding a leg. You are telling the OB what not you to are. do. <laughs> like get that away from her perineum right now. <laughs> Should I have Dr. Sterling deliver her? Him? <gasps> It could be a moment. Eve Rodsky's in the corner. Like, I got your oh necklace God. waiting, girl. <laughs> with your initials. God, wouldn't that be cool if we could do like it on an Instagram live or something? Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> <laughs> let me let that one marinate. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about back that. to that. Speaking of perineums. Yeah. What the fuck are we talking about today? We are talking about this is like. Marcy's this is my, jam. Mm, jam. We're talking mm, about ripping oh or boy. cutting perineums. Hubbly, hubbly. We're talking about the uh, dreaded husband stitch. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about so pelvic exams. Yes. We are going to so talk about that. 
we're talking about the vagine mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, so take it away, Mars. Where okay. should we? Where should we begin? I want to first start the conversation about episiotomies, kind of the history of episiotomies, what they are, why they're performed, and kind of what the current literature evidence says about episiotomies versus tearing. And spontaneous this is, tearing, right? Spontaneous <laughs> tearing. Yep. Okay. And then I want to talk about like healing and recovery and then the horrifying, horrifying practice of the husband's stitch or the daddy stitch. I'm really interested to know if it still occurs. So I'm excited. 100% still occurs. <gasps> 100%. In fact, <clears throat> I have a TikTok video that has over a million views about this very topic. My TikTok is the down there, the down there doc. Let me pull it up. Hi. Um, yeah. 1.1 million views and the comments on it are people saying like, "Mm -hmm. I had this, I didn't know it. I had this, I didn't know it. I had sex, you know, painful sex for years. You know, my, um, nurses have been on there saying that like they were witness doctors doing it female doctors, male doctors, husbands asking doctors for the husband stitch. Oh my God. I know. Fucking barbaric. Yes. It is 100% barbaric. Yeah. It's like genital mutilation. Yes. Which I have also seen in my practice. Women have come to me after FGM and then having babies and Oh boy. All right. Really tough. Okay. So what do you know about episiotomies? Do you know what they are, Allison? I do, I think. Okay. All right. Um, so episiotomies, from what I understand, are performed when necessary. If there's like a complication where the baby's like head or shoulders or something are too big. And so they cut the perineum to make room mm-hmm. for the babe to come out. Correct. So the an episiotomy is a surgery. It's a surgical incision. Maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> maneuver. The surgical incision that initially was thought to be performed to um prevent trauma and damage. Okay. So in the in the 1920s, doctors started doing this routinely, which means that like everybody that was having a baby would have an episiotomy and an episiotomy is a midline incision basically from the bottom of the vagina. So like the taintal region, like perineum straight down midline to like the anal opening. Okay. And does it connect to the anal opening? So it's just like one big or does it like stop right before the anus? Yeah. So the way that the anatomy is, is that the, for the superficial muscles of the, of the pelvic floor all attach in the perineum. It's called the perineal body okay. and part of the external anal sphincter, like that muscle around the in, external anal sphincter is continuous with the perineal body. So an episiotomy would not like go through into the anal mucosa, like into the rectum, but okay. it would go <laughs> through those muscles that are continuous with like the sphincter. Okay. Does that make sense? But it didn't go all the way through. It wasn't like, um, what we call like a fistula or, uh, like, like there would be no septum, you know? Yeah. Um, so the whole point of this, like back in the twenties was that the physicians thought that if they prophylactically 
did an episiotomy that it would prevent severe tearing, like a grade three or grade four tear, which goes into the anal mucosa. Okay. They also thought that like one single kind of neat incision would be easier to repair and that it would heal better than a tear, like a spontaneous tear that might be quote unquote jagged or asymmetrical. Yeah. Okay. So and good there intentions? Was, um, well, depending Question on what mark? studies you look at, um, there was no evidence to support this practice. And some some studies and historians say that this some was historians. Some historians. <laughs> Sorry. Scholars, maybe. I had to. There you go. <laughs> it's been lost in translation. Yeah. <laughs> Some say that this is kind of like the start of, well, not the start, but, but you know, back in the 20s, you know, like patriarchy was that it was easier and quicker for physicians to deliver the baby because they wouldn't, like natural deliveries, uh, like baby comes out, right? Pushes the perineum, perineum stretches with a contraction, baby's head goes back up, you know, baby comes out a little bit more. And like, as we know, sometimes that can take a long time. And so sometimes like the physicians didn't want to do, be there. Wanted and wait. to go to the gentleman's club after work. Yeah. There were no female OBs at that point. I'm going to go ahead and venture to guess in the twenties. Yeah, I don't know the rates on that, but I would no suspect way. that the uh, f- women in medicine in the 20s probably were few and far between. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so they would like make this incision and basically like deliver the baby. Um. And it was very common, like I said, I mean, by this. So from around 1920 to 1979, 63% of all deliveries had an episiotomy. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. And the rate was even higher among women giving birth the first time. Like people would just snip, like they just come and be like, Oh, baby's crowning cut. But what started to happen <laughs> or what I guess has always happened is that episiotomies actually sometimes can do more harm than good because one, it doesn't prevent severe tears. It can increase the risk, um, especially when you're doing an episiotomy with forceps or vacuum, which is instrumental delivery. So the analogous is the analogy um, is kind of like trying to like rip your shirt by pulling the hem apart. You know, it's like pretty impossible. But if I make a little nick in the hem, like just a little put and you do that uh, again, you'll be able to rip it all the way open. Okay. So there's really no evidence to support that episiotomies heal better than natural tears. And what we start to see in women who have episiotomies are a lot more long-term problems, fecal incontinence, chronic pain, um, sexual dysfunction that lasts for years, um, scar tissue buildup after many deliveries. You know, it's, it's way more complicated to heal generally speaking from an episiotomy than it would be from a spontaneous tear. That's not as severe as an, as an episiotomy and, and doing so this might be wrong, but like, I feel like a spontaneous tear would probably be easier to repair because it's like following whatever your tissue wants to do, as opposed to like a straight, right. Nothing in our body is like right. a, a right angle. You right. Know? Like, right. Yep. That could be wrong, but that's just, no, no, first. that's, that's exactly right. And it's like, 
it's physics, right? It's like what happens when we tear is that the tissue blanches, it turns like white, you know, Mm -hmm. from stress and force, and then you'll have a tear. And what happens sometimes is that it's a superficial tear that might not even go into any muscular structures. Yeah. And oftentimes a tear is, um, unilateral versus midline. So it's not going through that entire perineal body where all the muscles connect and some women or birthing persons don't tear at all. So when you're doing routine episiotomies, you're inflicting trauma on the tissues that may not have even torn, or if they did tear, it wouldn't be as severe as an episiotomy. Yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now there is a place for them. There is medical necessity. Okay. Like sometimes, you know, we have to perform these, but the difference is that it should not be a routine procedure and the intent of episiotomy should not be like for the physician schedule. (laughs) You know what I mean? It should be like, be like, Oh shit. Like we have a shoulder dystocia. And like, we need to get the baby out and we don't have time to go to C-section. So like, I'm going to do this episiotomy. Are you okay with that? Because the other problem is that a lot of episiotomies are done without consent and women and birthing persons don't know that they were cut. Especially if they had an epidural, we don't know what the fuck goes down down there. Yeah. And especially without, I mean, it's like, you don't know, like some people just do it super quick sometimes. Mm. Um, and it's so fucking painful that like, it's all the same. Yeah. I mean, the like, baby is like flying out of your vagina. Like, yeah, you, it's like yeah. you're already on fire, you know, like what's happening. Yeah. Um, so ACOG now has basically said that they recommend Wait, describe what ACOG is. Sorry. American college of Obst- obstetricians and gynecologists. It's okay. like the governing body of OBGYN here in the States. Okay. So they basically say like, no routine use of episiotomy, but they didn't start saying that until 2006. Okay. Okay. Which means it took another 10 years for people to actually start listening to it. Mm -hmm. So 1920 to 2006, we can say with confidence that episiotomies were done routinely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but after this, after ACOG said, you know, stop fucking doing this shit, we did see a declining rate. Um, and from a that study was the actual memo, by the way, from ACOG stop, doing stop this fucking shit. doing this shit. Stop fucking doing love, this love ACOG XOXO <laughs> <laughs> hugs and kisses. Um, and then, so there was a study done in 2012 that said, now we see about 12% of all vaginal births having an episiotomy. Okay. But here's the here's the crazy thing. Now there are like episiotomy rates vary. Okay. So sometimes we see less than 1% to more than 40% of vaginal births at some hospitals. Depending that was, on what? Depending on know? lots of things. Yeah. So this was done by the leapfrog group, which is an, um, a public and private healthcare um, organization that like looks at data. They do studies and stuff. Um, and so what this is suggesting is that doctors probably are still doing episiotomies, even when it's not necessary, obviously. And I think this depends on the physician. I think it depends on, you know, hospital, what the hospitals are like, you know, sometimes hospitals have higher rates of episiotomy and C-section. The question is like, why, you know, are they, I wonder what, what the like correlations would be right. like rural versus rural. Yeah. Or... Right. 
right not, well, yeah um, dude in this day and age it could depend on your political affiliation am i right right <laughs> am i right or am i right am i right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay interesting um and i wonder how many women had it and just didn't know like do they oh a ton is it required to like disclose that afterward so here's the thing (laughs) yes i mean any sort of procedure should be consented yeah and they will chart on it i believe i'm assuming that they chart on it but they don't always involve the woman or the partner in that decision-making process. Yeah. Okay. So like they might not know that they had that done until like their six week appointment. Yeah. You know, um, now there are medical cases where we need to do this. Right. Um, you know, like I said, shoulder dystocia stalling labor, you know, that can't go to C-section, um, you know, for like, there's this one patient who talked about having four hours of pushing son's heart rate fell. The doctor did an episiotomy and the the baby came right out. You know what I mean? So like, but the point of this is that it needs to be part of the decision making process and it needs to be consented and it needs to be medical necessity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and not only do the, do doctors and midwives have to really decide when and when it's appropriate to f- perform an episiotomy, but they also have to figure out like how they're going to do the cut. Okay. So like, for example, in the U S cl- clinicians or doctors or whatever cut straight down. So it's called, like I said, midline. Mm-hmm. And this type of episiotomy really can increase the risk of severe tearing. Okay. Okay. So you can also do a mediolateral episiotomy, which is off to the side. And I feel like that's how I spontaneously teared. Same. It was like a little bit to the side. Same. Yeah. Yep. Same. Sorry, I just burped. And some research suggests that a mediolateral episiotomy maybe protects against more significant tears that would go into the anus, like a three BC or a four tear, but the evidence is kind of mixed. It's all over the place. Um, Mediolateral episiotomies also kind of have this reputation for being a little bit more difficult to repair and more painful as they heal, which is interesting to me, but there's not a ton of scientific literature to support that. And anecdotally, I have never seen a mediolateral episiotomy. I've seen mediolateral tearing, but all of the episiotomies that I've seen have been midline. Okay. Um, Just anecdotally. So anyway. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that mean for our moms? Like what advice would you give them? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like this should be a discussion before you're in the delivery room because hundred percent, hundred percent. Do you have the fucking, like, you don't know what the hell's going on. No, you (laughs) don't. No, you don't. So here's the deal. So for example, this is why we need to have these conversations ahead of time because the rates are varying all over the fucking place. So like in LA, for example, which is a huge city of metropolitan area, tons of resources. We have one hospital in LA who has a 0.5% of an episiotomy rate, which is like nothing. And then another one is 47%. So like, what the the culture of each hospital? 
Yeah. And then we also see rates varying through providers. Okay. So a really kind of interesting study, which makes complete sense to me is that the longer an OB has been practicing, the higher the episiotomy rate, of course. Um, This same study also said that women so are avoid more old, old men white doctors. men. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there are some good white men doctors out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this study also said that women are more likely to get an episiotomy if someone other than their primary doctor did the delivery. Okay. Which is interesting too. And then of course, what I talked about earlier was that um, some providers do it out of impatience you know, which then you're just basically condemning birthing persons and women to having this procedure who might've had a lesser tear or no tear at all if left to their own, you know, devices. So, um, there are lots of cases where episiotomies are done without consent and without knowledge. Um, you know, never asked if it was okay, no warning. Um, and it's not unusual. I mean, this study, I have this on my sticky note. <laughs> there was, um, they talked to about 2,400 new mothers. So over 2000 new moms who gave births in hospitals in the U S and, um, 59% had an episiotomy were not involved in the decision-making process. Yeah. 60, almost 60%. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of times too, you know, women go into labor and delivery with, you know, a doctor that they trust and they're like, right. Right. I, you know, do what you have to do type of thing. And so then, Mm -hmm. you know, but the doctor should still say, thank you. I'm glad you trust me, but just so you know, I'm going to keep you abreast of what I'm going to do before I do it. Because there is an argument about like, you know, some, when episiotomies are performed, hopefully nowadays that they're done in like in an emergency situation, right? Like medical necessity. (laughs) And so like, yes, time is of the essence, but in that type of um, emergency situation, they like you can still say, "100 percent, I'm going to do this." That's instead that's of just, literally all you have to say, right? Like, is, honey, yeah. the baby is in distress. I'm going to need to do an episiotomy, like we talked yeah. about. Okay, right. That's it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Done. And I and I do think like to the point that you were saying too about questions and things to talk about to your providers before is that. Um, I have, this is part of my birthing course. Like I have a, a handout on questions to ask your provider. And yeah. it's basically like, what are your episiotomy rates? What are the hospital episiotomy rates? When do you do an episiotomy? You know, it's like all these things to ask. So, you know, and can create a plan with your provider ahead of time. Like if you're not delivering me, what are your partner's episiotomies rates? Like all of these things. So you just know what yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. Um. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. I just think it's so important, but well, it's good to be educated on what to say and what to ask. Um, Moms, if you had an episiotomy that you consented to or not, please send us your birth stories. No mama left behind the podcast at Gmail. Um, Let's move on to the dreaded husband stitch, shall we? Marcy, do you know what my new favorite afternoon pick me up is? I do not. I insist that you tell me. Sound. Sound is a sparkling water beverage with tea and botanicals. Right now I'm drinking grapefruit, lavender, ginger tea. Like, okay. So good. With zero artificial sweeteners, no sugar, and is completely organic. So I feel really great drinking it. 
Oh my God. I know. I love it too. In fact, my husband and I actually fought over who got the last can out of the fridge. I like it in the afternoon with my lunch because I enjoy some bubbles and I feel hydrated and so good after I have it. And it's so much better than those like artificial, yucky, natural flavoring because they use real extracts. Imagine that real fruit. (laughs) So good. Moms, it's our new favorite beverage. We have it every time we record. Some have caffeine in it, which is nice. Some Mm -hmm. don't. So it's truly perfect for everyone and any time of day try it we know you're gonna love it use code nmlb20 at www.drinksound.com for 20 percent off again that is code nmlb20 at drinksound.com for 20 percent off mm. see you on the other side nmlb horrifying let's stay in this general area yes <laughs> of the body yes. and talk about so let me say what i think it is first this is probably like more of the general public's view um i have heard the husband stitch i sort of see like in my head it's like 1960 they're all smoking and like she just had the baby and they're like yeah we're gonna sew her up and the husband's like could you pop another one in there for me jim you know like right just one more stitch to make the vaginal opening smaller mm-hmm. so that sex feels better which doesn't even fucking make sense because that's only the opening for the right? husband yeah the partner so do you think that this is like an urban legend no no, no 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 okay <laughs> no yeah i, I know yeah. it's real that's yep. how i imagine it was like it yes. used to be yep you know yep um, so yes so yeah take it away yeah so this <laughs> um is a horrifying practice and it is quite literally an extra stitch put in from a repair from a tear or an episiotomy to make the introitus, which is the vaginal opening smaller solely for the purpose of pleasure for a male partner for vaginal penetration. And oftentimes when the husband stitch or daddy stitch or midwife stitch is performed, uh, it's performed obviously without consent. And two, they put that extra stitch in and it makes the opening smaller than it was prior to baby. So it's like fucking up her normal anatomy. Yeah. Um, so here's an example. There's this great article. There's a couple of really great articles and I'm, I'm taking this one example from an article on Healthline. We, we're going to include these in the podcast description, by the way. So yes. if you guys are interested, yes, head yes, to yes, the yes, description. Yes. yes. So this article from Healthline talks about it. Um, so this is what the doctor, this is what somebody's doctor said to her husband. Okay. Right after she gave birth to her daughter in 2005. Okay. Okay. 2005. This is what the doctor said to the husband. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go ahead and add in another stitch so we can make sure this is nice and tight. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks so much for that. Can I just say something too? The husband stitch only makes the opening smaller. It doesn't make your like 
vaginal canal smaller. Correct. So like, does it even fucking matter? I mean, I, I think sometimes you could probably get like the next layer, but yeah, it's not making like the whole tube smaller, but I would, I don't know. So dumb. So dumb. So it's, I mean, this is where, I mean, I, 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 I just cannot believe I just, I am like always speechless when I see patients who have had this done and talk about it. And I did a TikTok on this and it's people are commenting, you know, that they had it done, that doctors yeah, joked about it with their comments. Yeah. 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 For sure. Okay. Read us some comments. Okay. Um, <clears throat> my husband asked my OB to put in an extra stitch after I had my first son, they both laughed the OB did the stitch. I had problems for years. That was one. I wonder if she's still with that husband. My doctor joked about a husband's stitch while my husband was in the room. Thank God my husband flipped out on him, but it didn't feel like a joke to me. Yay, husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I have personally had the husband stitch after my first son was born. It was horrific and painful and traumatic. Oh my God. I know. The husband's, uh, yes. Okay. Um, that doctor should have his license taken away. My ex-husband tried to get the doctor to do that after I had twins. Thank God I was awake to stop it. Thank you that for mm-hmm. ex-husband. I didn't tear. Let me repeat that. I did not tear and I was still given a oh. husband stitch. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Then so- there's this, this, this one <laughs> side note. Am I correct in thinking that a man requesting the husband stitch is just disclosing his small girth? I, I just don't get it. Is just what? <laughs> disclosing his small oh. girth. <laughs> so is this still happening is my question for you. Yeah, 100% still happening. Yeah. And somebody commented too that she was a pelvic floor PT. I don't know who she is, but she commented on something and she's like, well, I think it's done sometimes unintentionally with, you know, like repair from a tear or, a, or an episiotomy. And I'm like, that's not a husband stitch. Yeah. And like that's scar tissue and complications from repair. That's not like the husband stitch is done 100% intentionally with the intent of making it smaller for their male partner. There are, there is scar tissue and tightness and complications from, from healing from repairs and episiotomies that are just happen from healing from them, but not because there's an extra stitch An extra stitch is done on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it's really fucking bad. It's really fucking bad and it's horrifying and it's still happening and it causes women a ton of pain and a ton of dysfunction. Is it considered trauma. like lawsuit worthy? Like, why isn't this? Yeah, I think it is. And I do think that there are some women who have been, um, suing or trying to, to, um, like either change the practice or like bringing um, their physicians to court about it because it's causing like long-term problems, you know? Yeah. Um, I wonder though, 
Cause like I looked at my stitches down there, even though you weren't supposed to, and it was just yep. a fucking mess. Like I wouldn't know yep. if they gave me a husband stitch or not. You oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Because like when you're not having sex for six weeks and then, yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah. And a lot of women don't know that they had it done until maybe later they see a different provider and they're like, Oh my God, like this isn't anatomically correct. Like this isn't what yeah. it should look like after healing from that. And then they'll like release it oh. or they'll open it uh, or do something. I mean, a lot of people I've seen this in my practice and commenting on the videos is that they're like, yeah, I didn't even know I had it done until I saw like a midwife for my second pregnancy. And I just thought that that pain that I had for three, four years was from having a baby. Like they didn't yeah. even know. So is the pain like when they have sex? It can be, yeah, it can be any vaginal penetration um, or even just sitting or wearing pants. Like I've had patients yeah. who can't tolerate jeans or underwear, any type of external like pressure or touch. Yeah. Have, you can get nerve problems where you have like nerve sensitivity burning in your perineum Jesus. or val or vulva. Um, and then try to try to put a penis in there. No fucking way. Tampon cup speculum exam. Yeah. I mean, it's not just like it affects them for years, functionally years problems with pooping. <sighs> I mean, it's a fucking mess. So, so again, that, I say that's the husband's <clears throat> Again, I say, what do we do about it? Like, do we tell our provider like, hey, don't throw an extra one in there for my husband? Or like, how do we, you know, like, what yeah, do we do? I think that you have a conversation about it. You know, like, what are your, you know, episiotomy rates? Like we tend to see kind of higher rates of husband stitch with that. And I'm not saying that like husband stitch is happening all the time nowadays, but it still does. So yeah, I think if you had a conversation with your doctor about it and like, the response is like, that is a horrifying barbaric, you know, yeah. procedure. And that any physician who does that needs to be, you know, taking their license away. I'd be like, great. You're you're not going to do that then. Yeah. But like, um, if they're like, well, if you want it, right. I'm I mean, willing to give yeah. it, then you're yeah, like, right. I'd like to speak to anyone else. Yeah. Then you can Karen right up on that. Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Let me speak to the manager. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, for sure. hundred <clears throat> percent. And I think having doulas, and having yes. people in the birth room who are advocating for you and like, just keeping an eye out, you know, yep. like maybe yep. you live in a community where you only have, there's only one person to deliver babies or there's like two, there's like one OB and there's one like family practice person, yeah. you know, and like get somebody in the delivery room or talk to the nurse and be like, I don't want these things done. You know, keep an eye out. Like I, I just had a baby. Like I can't, I mean, it's already like expecting women to be like solving all these fucking problems. Like while you're still bleeding, it's like that somebody is like your partner or doula or your mom or a nurse or somebody in there. That's like, yeah, looking out for your best interests. No, I think it's, I mean, and it sucks because of course doulas aren't covered by insurance. Um, but I, you know, I'm either going to have you and or a doula in the room. No. Um, because yes, your partner can be there, but they don't know all of these mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. you know? So like, if you have someone who's a birthing professional and can say, what are you about to do? Mm -hmm. What, what's yeah, what, what you doing there? What you right. doing down there? Right. And I think, you know, a lot of moms and people, women specifically have trouble advocating for themselves to doctors. I mean, Marcy, you've said mm -hmm. that you feel that way even, and that like, I feel that way. And we're very 
outspoken mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a good way to approach it could just be, you know, I heard about, you know, I was listening to a podcast and I heard mm-hmm. about this awful thing called the husband stitch. Mm-hmm. Like, is that something that you guys practice? Like, can we talk about episiotomies? Like, it just really yeah. scares me. Right. Um. So it's not like blamey, like, do right. you do husband right. stitches? Right. Um, but just bringing it up as something that makes you uncomfortable and hopefully your provider is willing to talk about it because that's right. And this article by health fund is really, really great. And we'll put the uh, link in it. And there's a physician that they interview in this article or Dr. Cooper. And she talks a lot about, um, like to your point, Allison, about like, why are they even doing it? It's just doing the introitus and not like the vaginal canal, you know? Yeah. She says, you know, it doesn't even, it like makes no sense. You know, the husband says doesn't even affect overall vaginal tone. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, I'm like, yes, it's awful. But like, it's also fucking pointless. It's not even possible to make a vaginal vagina tighter with stitching at the perineum. You know what I mean? It's like, it's what happens is that it just creates tightness on the perineum and vulva. Um, and it's debatable whether or not sexual partners even feel it. So, Mm -hmm. which is even more evidence for like just the fucking patriarchy and like treating women's bodies as like their sole purpose is for the pleasure of men, you know, and repair Mm -hmm. and surgery. The goal of that from either an episiotomy or a tear is to bring the tissues together so they can, so the body can facilitate its own healing, right? That's the point of stitches <laughs> and like wound closure is that you approximate the tissue so the body can heal, not like making things tighter. I correct. Anyways, but it just makes me really fucking Well, mad. I'm glad we're Clear. talking about it though, because it's a yep. lot more common than we think. Yep. The last thing we want to talk about is pelvic exams Mm. without consent while under anesthesia. I saw Mm. a post or something about it the other day and I texted Marcy immediately and I was like, is this fucking true? Because if it is, Mm -hmm. it's true. (laughs) Yeah. Turns out it's true in some states. I did see some states that have outlawed it. Yeah. Yes. The fact that you even have to have a law about this. I know. I mean, that's a whole I know. Other episode. Um, but yes. So there has there is a common practice for medical students, okay, to practice pelvic exams, which is like a gyneco- gynecological exam mm-hmm. on anesthetized women. So women who are unconscious under surgery. And not even surgery for gynecologic yeah. issues. Yeah. Like they could be under surgery for getting their appendix out. Yeah. Or knee surgery <laughs> or and what people just start ever. poking around in their fucking vagina. Oh my yeah. God. You have a group of students that come in. It's not consented and they are practicing um, their pelvic exams on these women. And the most horrifying thing is that these students feel like they are entitled to do so and that it helps them with their training and pretty fucking sure 
that I have had to have extensive years in training and vaginal exams and consent and draping and red flags and differential diagnosis and all the things when you're doing internal exams. And not once did I ever think that I needed to perform them on someone who was unconscious to get training. And also it's fucking 2021. You can make a 3D vagina in a 3D printer. Good God. Good God. Yeah. So there's a hashtag. It's hashtag me too pelvic, which is basically (sighs) like this that's happening. And um, there's a doctor. Her name is Dr. Friesian. She's a biomedical ethicist. Ethicist? Sure. Like ethics? Yeah. Um, she started to draw attention to this issue in 2018, basically. And she said that she heard narratives from students saying like, I can put my hand in this woman's vagina because it helps with my training. Like, I'm totally fine with it. And in one particular instance, I'll, I'll talk about this. There's a 33 year old woman going in for surgery for her something abdominal. And she specifically told her doctor that she didn't want any students or residents. And she has a history of sexual abuse. Okay. Just FYI, sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And she woke up from surgery and the resident came in and said, oh, I noticed like you're, you got your period. And she was like, what do you mean? And he's like, oh, I noticed it when I was doing your pap smear. And she was like, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, we just saw in your chart that you were due for a pap smear. So we did a pap smear while you were under anesthesia. Oh my God. And she went into a full on panic attack because she was like, Oh yeah, I didn't ask for that. I have a history of sexual abuse. I had no control over the situation. I asked Mm -hmm. specifically that no students be around what else happened. You know, um, I just don't understand that. I just, I just don't understand that. So this is happening a lot. Um, there are some states that are banning this practice and I understand the need for training, but there is no instance ever to do training on someone without their consent. Not one, not one. And honestly, I feel like there are plenty of women and people who would say train away. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you just asked, right. Yeah. You just asked. Yeah. Like, right. I know they always ask, like, do you, are you okay with a trainer, you know, coming in or a resident or whatever? And I'm always like, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. That's fine. Yeah. But like, oh my God. Yeah. I know. So I just feel, and especially what's going on right now with like the the anti-abortion stuff and all of this things that are happening. Speaking of that, there's one yeah. other thing that we can talk about. What? That'll make you want to punch people. Um, did you see what I posted in my story about the reasoning for um, anti-abortion? No. Let me just read it. Oh, it's Ooh. good. You're going to you're going to really love it. You're going to just really really just really 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 excited about it. You're just going to get real ragey, you know? <clears throat> Sorry, this cough is just persisting. Okay. 
the case that could lead to the end of Roe v. Wade, which is the the abortion, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Law. Law. Yeah. Is that the name of the law? Whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Includes a novel argument that the right to an abortion is no longer necessary because it has become much easier for women to combine work and family. In Roe, the Supreme Court said that an unwanted pregnancy could lead to could lead women to a distressful life in future. So basically what they're saying is and they use, you know, Amy uh, Coney Barrett, Justice Amy Coney Barrett mm, on the Supreme favorite, Court. My favorite fucking person. She has seven kids. So they're saying anti-abortion scholars say her career and family life as a mother of seven is an example of how the challenges of balancing work and family are less of an issue. Fucking using Amy Comey Barrett as a precedent. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to vomit. A privileged white woman. Right. I'm going to vomit all over this fucking microphone. I literally... And like someone replied, like, this sounds like it's an onion article, you know, the like, oh, satirical. <laughs> yes. like, yes, yes, it does. Yes, because it's it's become so much easier for women to combine work and family. So we don't need abortions. <sighs> so no, just have the kids because child care is so fucking affordable and available. I, I don't I OK, I mean, I, sometimes it's like. We've come so far. And then sometimes I'm like, no, we haven't. What's happening? Like like we've come so far because we started so far in the fucking shit that now we're just at like level four negative shit. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we're we're still negative. We haven't even gotten to the surface. (sighs) Okay. On that note. Fuck the patriarchy. Yeah. Big it's, time. Yeah. We're we're fired up today. We're not whispering. No. It's the patriarchy's fault. Mm-hmm. All of it. Don't let old Don't. dudes cut your vagina Don't. without Don't. you knowing and then putting in an extra stitch, wink, wink, for your partner. Or women, though. There are women that do it, too, just because she's yes, a female. I Don't I mean it. There are. Yes, I know. I know. Um, I want to hear your stories about it. Oh my God. Send us. No mama left behind uh, the podcast at (laughs) gmail.com. Send us if you've had a public exam while you were under anesthesia. Mm -hmm. Send us if you've had a pesiotomy or anything related to like tearing husband stitching, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. any of that. Your Mm -hmm. stories matter. Mm -hmm. They deserve to be told. If you're comfortable with that, we can always keep it anonymous. Um, but the but but like this is how change happens is mm-hmm. we have to unveil like what's actually happening mm-hmm. before we can make change. Mm-hmm. I need to go like work out or something. I'm feeling real ragey. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. a tough episode, but an important one. Um and follow us on no mama left behind underscore the podcast um on the gram follow marcy at the down there doc follow me at the honest peach um and we love you guys and we love you you thank you for your support and i'm lovey see you on the other side fuck the patriarchy fuck them 
Hey guys, one more thing before you go. Don't forget we are off next week for the holidays. Enjoy time with your family. Happy holidays, everyone. We are back the week of the 29th. Um, and don't forget to rate, review, download, send us an email. We can't wait to hear how your holidays went. And thanks for listening. And MLB, see you on the other side.